Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to Double Exposure and their game design convention Metatopia at Metatopia Online 2020. These panels have also been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and moderators at this event. Now, let's get to it. Episode 293, Publishing in Asia, Two Perspectives. Presented by Jason Morningstar, Sungid Kim, Takaaki Ayukata, and Steve Segedi in Asia, two perspectives. Uh, I'm here with my partner, Steve Segeti, uh, Sungo Kim, and uh, Tak Ayukata, uh, who are uh, publishing and translation partners with our company, Bully Pulpit Games, uh, and many other uh, uh, game companies as well. Uh, so I'm going to ask everybody to introduce themselves, and uh, we'll start with you, Steve. Tell us uh, who you are, where you're speaking from, and what your uh, what your business is or what your your role is. Okay, uh, I'm Steve Segetti. I'm the managing director of Bully Pulpit Games, partner with Jason. Uh, we have been making tabletop role playing games for uh, a, a decade, and uh, for a lot of that, we've been working with translators, and that's uh, been a growing part of what we do. So I'm very excited about this. A big part of my job is managing those interactions, uh, sorting out contracts, and providing people with files and that sort of thing, the business side. And where are you uh, speaking from? Carborough, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, how about you, Sungil? Could you introduce yourself? Tell us where you're, you're from and, and what, you're, what you're doing, what your business is. Yes. I'm Song Il Kim. And I'm speaking from Seoul, South Korea. And I've been operating these spring games with my wife, Narim, since 1997. Well, we translate and publish games in Korean and sometimes design them. Well, that's about it. I personally do a lot of translation. And yes, that's it. Okay, that's very good. And uh, talk? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Tak Aikata uh, from Tokyo, Japan. I translated and uh, published uh, so the classic fiasco uh, or other story games. And so my favorite game is also RuneQuest, <laughs> and, uh, Microscope, and uh, so also fiasco. Yes, of course. And, and uh, what, what is your company? Uh, is, uh, my company name is Hollow uh, Hill. Excellent. Well, I'm, uh, thank you so much for joining us, both of you. Um, we're going to talk uh, about uh, translation a little bit. We're going to talk about publishing. And then we're also going to talk about your local game scene and things that are uh, popular or interesting to gamers in uh, Korea and Japan, uh, respectively. Uh, so let's start with some questions about translation. Uh, we we also uh, you should know that we asked our community uh, ab about this. What would they like to know, uh, given that we have this uh, this time with you? So many of these questions come from uh, curious friends of ours, and some of them are from Steve or I as well. What's your first question, Steve? Um, 
can you each talk a bit about your process for translation? Um, how you choose the work that you want to work with and how you go through that process? Uh, should oh, I start? Yeah. Okay. Well, first, we look at a lot of, well, we usually get information from new games through the internet, of course, mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, from Kickstarters. And we read the introductions and explanations, descriptions, and see if it's something that we might want to do. Uh, in case of Fiasco, when we discovered the game, it was already a wild hit in English-speaking countries already. So that was an easy pick. And that's uh, and very recently we started getting emails from well English publishers about publishing their games in Korean and one such was dialect and we'll be doing that next year. I'm so glad you're going to be working with Thorny Games. They're definitely friends yeah. of ours. Yes. How about you? I'm very excited too. That's our better. Yeah. Uh, so also, uh, Kickstarter is a uh, so big information resource, and uh, so and but uh, so Haruhi is my private company. Uh, just stuff is only me, and so I translate. Uh, what game I translated? So I want to play the that game, and mm -hmm. so yes, okay, let's translate it. And uh, let's break uh, language barrier uh, for the Japanese player. Is there? Yeah. A, are, are you interested in having people approach you to translate uh, their games or to publish their games? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, how can I say? Ah, uh, uh, sorry, could you elaborate there? That's okay. Um, do you want me to say the restate the question, or do you just want more time? Uh, so uh, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I have to be so calm. So. Sorry. We'll we'll come back. We'll we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, Sangil, are you? It sounds like you you are interested in people reaching out to you directly. Is that true? Oh uh, yes, of course. It's well that way. Well, hmm, let me put it this way: we like to publish new games that are unknown but good. Okay, They're unknown in South Korea, but has some traction in English-speaking countries. And we'll design, and it's e it's easier for us if the uh, original publishers contact us and tell us what their games are about and how they're designed. So yes, we are always looking for chances to get information. Are there, uh, and this is a question for for both of you, uh, are there? things that are difficult to translate? Is there uh, English language jargon that is particularly difficult or complicated? It's always complicated and difficult <laughs> for everything because, <laughs> I, because agree. I agree. Yeah, 
Korean and English are such different languages. We belong to completely different families and we have linguistic concepts that English doesn't have. And we have, we don't have some concepts that English does have. So for instance, Korean doesn't really use a lot of um, second person pronouns. And role-playing game books are filled with use. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's a big thing. I'm pretty sure it's similar with in Japanese too. And it's and also English it's English is gendered mostly, although not as much as a French or Italian. Mm. And Korean isn't. So that's another thing. And the well the basic structure is so different that we have to change a lot of things to make the text readable. So it's it's always an adventure, translation. Would you say the same uh, applies to Japanese talk? Yeah, yes. Uh, we have the same so problem or the same issue. And, and uh, it's complicated for me to translate uh, the conversation. So replay path, mm. uh, rule path is uh, so it's simple, and so it's uh, it's easy for me to understand. But conversation and so broken English is uh, so it's tough. I need to check uh, urban dictionary for <laughs> translating the fiasco. Yeah. Oh, uh, urban dictionary. Oh. Yeah, yes. <laughs> sometimes uh, I use uh, yeah, that. Oh, for fiasco, that would have been help. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We, we, um, we definitely had some things in our, I think our first translation was in Italian. And we had some surprising moments where the Italians reached out and said, what, what does this mean? What is this? Never the, heard of this. Yeah. The whole concept was new to them. It wasn't even about how you translate it. It was just a thing that didn't exist. It's true. So what's uh, another question about translation, Steve? Do we have another question? Um, yeah, well, do you have advice uh, for students with a background in both games and Asian languages that want to get into translation, um, either Americans or in your own countries? Well, in my case, well, I and my wife do all the, have done all the translations for our games. That's because we couldn't find anyone who were both proficient in role-playing games and in translating. So it's very hard to get a good translation in languages such, so different as Korean and English. So if someone has the both kinds of expertise, both in games and Korean and the translation themselves, well, I'd like to hear from them, <laughs> first of all. Yeah. Well, I'll probably have a job for them. Great. That's, and, uh, that's, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sungil. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. Well, because that's the one major obstacle that stops us from expanding, that we have to do all, our, all the work. So it, it'd be great to see people who can translate into Korean, you know, can translate games into Korean. Yes, that's uh, it. Okay, and uh, Tak, would you? Wh how about the situation uh, in Japan? Uh, so in Japan, uh, uh, so 
not me the so but not me uh, not only me the my friends uh, translated uh, english to japanese however i received the text i had sometimes or in many cases i related to the japanese to japanese mm. for the rule uh, yeah yes yeah. that's the exact kind of thing i want to avoid so the yeah. translation has to be good the first time mm -hmm. yeah. Do, uh, oh, go ahead steve i was just going to ask if um <clears throat> if you find that you have to do it iteratively like you you make your translation and then you get feedback from people and, and in the same way we, we would play test the game to find out whether everything made sense do you find that you have to test your translations with people to make sure that they understand how to play the game from that. Oh, if we uh, had to do that, it would be a failure on our part because someone would be buying something they don't understand. So we have to get it to get it right the first time. How do you know if it's but right? Still, well, that, uh, that's the expertise, right? Sure. I know that I know that it's right because I understand the English and I understand, I know how to write in Korean. So yeah. Well that's something so we publish and pray basically so that people would understand it. Publish and pray. I know that feeling. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> do uh do either of you or both of you um publish uh games in your local languages are you as well I'm, I'm sorry what i mean are uh, games that were designed by uh south koreans or designed by japanese uh game designers in your local markets well we don't do it a lot but um uh, i and my wife both have designed games that we published Mm. It's just a handful, but we do it, and we would do it for other people who can design and write well in Korean. But we haven't received any offers yet. How about you, Tak? Uh, so, uh, so many, uh, many game designer. Uh, there is many game designer in Japan, but uh, also. They publish the uh, so game is a so major company. Uh, it means uh, it really means it's not so big company, but uh, so big company in RPG RPG scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, in my case, uh, so I just only. Uh, How here is so indie company and so not so published so local game. It's just only the translated and published. Okay. Um, we're all very small, <clears throat> very small yeah. pieces of a very small pie. Yeah, it's yeah. true. How about a publishing question, Steve? Sure. Um, okay. Are there specific cultural and uh, or topical taboos that make certain mechanical or thematic game elements uh, something you can't do in your country? 
or that would make oh. him unpopular? Oh, there are serious taboos. Um, first off, it would be very hard for us to touch any part of modern history, say the entirety of 20th century, actually, that departs from the mainstream sentiment. Well, not that I want to do it, but if we did that, then we'd probably be boycotted big time. For instance, um, well, South Korea was uh, under well, different dictatorships since 1950s to late 1980s. So picking any topic from that time, it would be, well, we'd have to take sides. And there is, in my opinion, right side. But if I did that, then there'll be an uproar from the other side. Okay. Well, yes, so history is, uh, uh, how to deal with history is a big thing. And it's something I'd really want to avoid. How about yes. you, Tak? Are there things that um, would be difficult for a Japanese audience? or that you wouldn't be able to publish because it would make people angry or uncomfortable? Uh, sorry, is this? So how can I say? It's, it's, uh, sorry, and I, I cannot uh, It's all right. We'll, we'll, that's okay. We'll we'll move on, and if um, if you have thoughts on that later, we can we can talk about it some more. Um. So uh, another question that we were asked was, uh, and feel free not to answer this if you don't want to. But someone said, "Are there any games that you have uh, translated and published that?" Um, didn't work, that were unsuccessful? Hmm. Uh, unsuccessful. Unsuccessful game. Well, I can't think, well, I, uh, okay, let's, <laughs> okay, let's speak it out loud. <laughs> I really not, I really liked Monty Cook's Numenera. I really, mm -hmm. really liked it. And the Kickstarter did, well, our own version of Kickstarter did pretty well. And the book that we put out was beautiful, but it really didn't sell after that. I don't know. I don't, I still don't understand why, but well, it's a shame that it didn't do well. It's not the game's fault. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. Maybe it's, I don't know. I really don't put much stock in the concept of cultural differences, but in that case, well, that that must have well, that might have been it. You think the um, the local audience just didn't have any uh, grounding or any way to understand the material? Yes, that's correct. Science fiction is recently getting big in South Korea. So science fiction, mm, short stories and novels. But 
it's quite different from what you well the uh, the English science fiction and Numenera especially back in 2015 Numenera would have been too alien for them although that's the whole concept of the game yes that was our biggest failure I think well, it sounds like Talk. it was a success as a Kickstarter, and I think sometimes that's the entire audience for a really <laughs> yes, for a really a lot. artsy kind of thing. Yeah. That's you're gonna, that's where you're going to get your people. What do you think, uh, Tuck? Have you had any uh, projects that didn't succeed? Uh, not yet. Okay, good. Uh, fortunately, not yet. Oh, uh, it's, because, uh, uh, it's because I published only five books, uh, only four books. And uh, mm -hmm. next month or in this year, uh, I published the uh, so next book. It's just only five. So, that's, well, that's still that's a pretty good track record. It's, yeah. it's very good. So, um, a lot of people when when I uh, suggested that we were going to be talking to you wanted to know more about. Um, the culture of play in your countries, what the local scene was like, what games were popular, uh, what uh, what people are interested in. Uh, so we're going to ask some questions about that. Uh, okay. And I think Steve has our first question in that area. Um, yeah. I, can you talk a little initially about what games are popular in your local scene? Uh, which ones are the most well-known or often played that are sort of the, the the benchmark for everything that you publish into that market? Oh, definitely Call of Cthulhu. Okay. That's what I... Did you say the same talk? Yeah. Uh, in Japan, uh, Call of Cthulhu is a sort of very popular uh, translated game. And uh, we have this uh, uh, Japanese game, uh, not translated game, yeah, uh, is so popular, like as uh, Ryutama and uh, so Shinobigami. Uh, it's translated to English. Right, I'm familiar with yeah. both those games. Yeah, and those are still yeah. very popular in Japan as well. Yeah, they're popular. Yeah, and Shinobigami is uh, just uh, same same core rule. Some game use the same core rule. Are uh, popular. Yeah. Oh, any, in uh, South Korea? Kim. I'm sorry, say again. Uh, uh, no, no, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, other than, uh, other than Call of Cthulhu, other games that are uh, very popular? Oh, the, there are some, uh, we've recently seen a couple of Jap translations from Japanese, and those are pretty popular. And Fiasco is our second best-selling game. I love to hear it. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, that's that's uh, that's uh, interesting and, and good, and I'm I'm glad. So, um, you mentioned Fiasco, which I think most people would consider uh, an indie game, right? It's uh, yes, it's it sort of sort of a smaller kind of kind of game. Are there other influential uh, indie games uh, uh, that you might uh, mention? Oh, recently, Forged in the Docks games have been very popular for us, and we'd like to push in that direction. And also, 
Um, uh, let me think. Nightwitches did very well for us. That was a little bit, a little bit better than, a lot better than I expected. And it's still, well, it's been, well, it's not as popular as it used to, like, say, a year ago, but it still sells pretty well. Which is interesting, considering yeah. we're talking about history being a problem. I guess it's it's, yes, somebody... it's other people's history, so oh, it's, it's no problem. Yeah. So uh, indie games in Japan, talk. What's what's uh, popular? So it's been the translated uh, English. Uh, in this game, is written in English uh, or translated? Either way, sure. Uh, so. So it's only my company is published English in this game. So it's a uh, uh, fiasco is a big title. But, but if you're looking for that in Japan, you look at Harrow Hill because you're the one who's publishing them. Yeah. Is that what you'd say? Yeah. And so last month I published the so dialect mm -hmm. and so it's it's got a good start to selling. I'm really glad. That's a great game. Yeah, and uh, hopefully uh, now I translated. Uh, I'm translating uh, Microscope, and so I hope uh, it will get a good start also. Yeah, I'm, I I'm sure. I love I'm sure. it. Yeah, it's a great game, and yeah. uh, it sounds like Dialect may be coming to uh, Korea as well. Yeah. Yes. It is. It's we plan we plan for the next half and the first half of next year. So another question for yeah. you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sungil. Oh no no. Well, go, please go ahead. So, uh, what would you say? Um, so this was a question from a, a friend of mine who um, uh, has uh, strong ties to Korea. Um, her family's Korean. She visits Korea quite often. Uh, and she asked me to ask you, uh, what would be a way, and this obviously applies to people who are um, Japanese American, just as, as she is Korean American. What would be the way for a Korean or Japanese American designer to become involved at an entry level in the game scene in uh, Korea or Japan? Uh, what differences and things that um, might uh, might not occur in Korean or Japanese, uh, it might not occur to them as designers uh, that would be good to be on the lookout for. So if you're someone who's reasonably familiar with Korean culture uh, uh, and wanted to be involved in the local scene, uh, how would you how would you do that? What would you recommend? Uh, first, you would have to build credibility. Well, well, if you're if by being involved in the local scene, you mean designing games and publishing them, then you have to understand that in Korea there have been a lot of um, disappointing Kickstarters, for instance, and uh, unfulfilled promises. Oh, so okay. they are really kind of very against newcomers. But if you have reputation in well united states or anywhere else 
that and that would work for you uh, as you and if you can if you can speak Korean and write well in it, then that would be a great plus also. First, it's best to make a, a circle of local friends that can help you and work with them to build your career here. That's a, that's a great no. answer. Oh, I'm, we may have some friends to introduce to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what would you say, Tak, if for a, a Japanese American uh, game designer that wanted to be involved in uh, the Japanese uh, role playing game scene, what advice would you uh, give them? I think so. Yeah. The first point is the language barrier. Yeah. So. If he can, uh, if he wrote as a Japanese, and uh, so there are many market in Japan, and so not uh, so not only the RPG, and so in these comics or uh, in these some for geeks, uh, we have the, so many market in uh, in Japan. So not only one so organization there, so some company uh, opened uh, some convention or for the indie seller. And so, yeah. So we have the, we not only, uh, we not, how can I say? Indie designer have also big chance, uh, many chance, many opportunity. In normal times, when when there's not a pandemic happening, are there lots of um, gaming conventions in your in your market where uh, people get together and play games and buy games and that sort of thing? Uh, yes, but uh, that market is not only for the games. Right, it's a comics or mm -hmm. uh, some uh, simulation game or others, a board game also. Mm -hmm. How about in South Korea? Well, conventions, well, they don't happen often, but, uh, well, yes, they don't happen often, often, but we held one last year, I think. That, that yeah, was 2019, right? Yeah, it's, it was 100 years ago. It's, it's a long <laughs> time ago. But yeah, you, the world was so different then. You made your own, right? I mean, you... yes, we did. And uh, well, you were there, so you saw everything. Yeah, and it was well, it was worth doing, but it was still a lot of work that could be put into making books. And mm -hmm. as as you, as I said, we have an acute shortage of translators, so it will take. Uh, uh, it will be a major decision to make if I, I ever get a chance to make, uh, open another one. Such a huge workload and not enough people to do it with. So that's a problem. Organizing is a big deal. It is. It was great. Yes. Uh, I know that uh, how 
similarly uh, in uh, in Beijing and in Shanghai, uh, started his own uh, conventions. <clears throat> Excuse oh, yeah. me. Uh, I th I remember. I think, uh, and I wish he was here to talk about it. But I think specifically to to sort of build the um, the infrastructure for people to meet each other and play more games. Uh, that that um, it was part of his uh, his plan to popularize role playing games in China. Uh, he mm. Built built conventions, um, and it's too bad he's not here to talk about that. Mm. Um, so, uh, what are you working on now? Can you tell us uh, talk? Can you tell us what what your uh, current project is? Uh, current project is uh, so I have the. Just two projects, and one is so dungeon world, and one dungeon is world. So, finally, finally dungeon world will be published, and finally I will publish the so microscope. And how about you, Sungil? Well, right now at this moment in time, we are working on a Call of Cthulhu starter set. Uh -huh. What what will that look like? What what uh, form will that take? It's uh well, it's four booklets in a box, so well, it'll be just like the original, and I, we can still get ISBN for that. And it's a it's a great product actually. It really teaches the old school Call of Cthulhu rules very thoroughly and easily. So we have a lot of hope for that. Will you kickstart that? Uh, no, it's going directly to retail. So you're pretty Still confident. Too it, many. You're confident uh, in it as a product that it's going to sell well. Well, it might not sell well, but anyone who picks it up, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to learn Call of Cthulhu very easily. And well, that's the thing. Well, if it doesn't sell. Then, well, we the keepers rule book will sell more, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, I was curious <clears throat> for myself uh, to hear more about how you, uh, what your manufacturing process and distribution processes look like. Do you, do you have specific printers or factories that you work with for your stuff? Uh, do you have retailers or distributors that you can work with to sell them? Or is it smaller mm. than that? Well, most of the games that we publish uh, have been in book forms, right? So our uh, our biggest outlets are uh, online bookstores, like Amazon, but well, in Korean. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how we distribute. We dis we distribute just like any other book publisher, and. We work. There is a city called Paju, that's north of Seoul, and they're filled with uh, printers and bookbinders and so on. And there is a company that we've been working with for like seven, six, seven years, and they've been doing very good jobs for us. So, yeah, it's. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, how about uh, how about you talk? 
so I uh, I made I made a contract with uh, so some game shop and uh, so online shop, and so I uh, I consignment my so my books, uh, and mm -hmm. and uh, they sell it, but uh, once one shop uh, use the Amazon uh, Amazon research shop and it's so so big. Yeah, Amazon is uh, so really good. And uh, so, you... uh, sorry, uh, and uh, so I sell the PDF. And now I think uh, I should use the each I/O or not. <laughs> oh, we're just learning about that yeah, ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So, Tak, where do you uh, where do you print your books? Do you print them domestically? Yes, uh, uh, I print uh, I print uh, my books uh, uh, through the some uh, some uh, print company. Print company. Printer. Yeah. Oh, all of your products books. I I always check the so what company is uh, so cheaper or <laughs> good uh, good quality. Yeah. And uh, uh, talk. Your products are all books, right? Uh, sorry, your products are all books, like books rather than boxes or. Uh, almost all the uh, books and uh, so PDF. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, so direct needs a uh, so card, mm -hmm. and so it's so little bit expensive for the printing the cards. Yeah. It seems like that would make it more complicated. Yeah, I think so. And the box, uh, box is also, uh, I think, complicated for the how can I say, uh, made or uh, print mm -hmm. a box, box game. Do you uh, do you sell more uh, electronically, more PDFs than you do physical games, Sungil? Oh. We don't sell PDFs. We give out PDFs for people who buy the physical books. And because of how the book prices are regulated, it would, we would have to stop giving out PDFs if we sold them separately. I see. Yeah. How about you, Tuck? So, well, yeah. Uh, I said that's a PDF, and so all games. Uh, I sell the PDF PDF at first, and uh, mm -hmm. I get uh, feedback from the user. Uh, it's a so typo or it's a, some errors, and uh, I correct uh, my error and then uh, print the books. Okay. Uh, I think the, I, uh, I like PDF. <laughs> Just, I think the, the Italians do that as well. As I recall, Steve, is that right? Uh, I think it depends. So oh. I think someone's have done different ways. But it's a good, I think we it's sometimes good. do that for we sometimes do that for kickstarted projects. We send out PDFs first and ask people to uh, point out mistakes mm -hmm. and fix those and put go to print. We sometimes do that. Yeah. But mistakes always creep in, don't they? 
What, uh, so I, I'm just, I'm trying to think about uh, questions that people that would be interested in working with you might want to ask you. And I think one of them is uh, when, uh, like you've, you've said that you're interested in games that are reasonably successful already in English. Is there a point at which you would know that? Like, how do you know when it's time to try to, uh, make a translation and publishing uh, arrangement? Oh, the, by reasonably successful, I mean, just being talked about by a dozen people. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and, and getting favorable reviews in major websites, maybe. And, well, actually, it's, if someone is talking about, uh, well, if, if some, there are, well, just a handful of people talking about a game and it looks good, then I'll buy it and read it myself. And sometimes just reading the Kickstarter descriptions, I know that this is going to be good or mm. bad. So it's just, um, it's just an, you know, the popularity over there is just an excuse for me to take the initial look because there are so many and I can't take a look at them all. So, uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? No, I think that's a, that actually is a good uh, answer. Okay. I'm curious about how, uh, as a designer, I would know when I have a game that would be interesting to you. How, like if I was gonna approach you, is there something I need to, to be confident about before I do that? And I think you answered that well. Okay. What do you think, Tak? Are, are there, uh, yeah, are there things you look for that you want to see uh, in the games that you're interested in translating and publishing? So, me uh, too. So, uh, I checked there. So, there's some games uh, I checked there. So, Kickstarter, and uh, so that the description. And so, my favorite, I like, I like. My, I like the games has a, the games has a rule for uh, building community or building a company or building a so team. team. Yes. Uh, that's my favorite, favorite game. So, okay. Uh, so I found, if I find it, so I thinking therefore, if I should uh, translate it or not, and and I like so new new engine or how can I say so I'd like to the publish the so new style game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd mentioned earlier that you like games that um you enjoy, that you want to publish games that um, yeah. That you uh, enjoy, which I think is very reasonable. Yeah. yeah, me too. I feel the same way. Yeah, and I published and I translated for users and for me. Right, right. Yeah. It it seems to me that a lot of the translators we've worked with started by 
really started the same way that we started making games, which is uh, here's a game that I like in English and I want to play it with my friends. So I need to translate it so that they will play it with me. Whoops. I translated a game. I guess I could see if the publisher wants me to print it now, you know, like you sort of slide into it by play. You start that way and it becomes a thing that you want to do. I think that's, I mean, yeah. Would you, would you say that that's, that's how you got into doing what you do now, Sungil? Uh, definitely. Um, I was trying to translate GURPS back in 1996 to mm. make it easier for my friends to, you know, get into the game. And in 1997, I created the company. And in 1998, we published the first, the third edition rulebook. Mm. And Yes, it was my go-to system back then. And Me too. The, yeah. Are you too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, mean, I, played, I played tons of GURPS. <laughs> Steve and I played lots of GURPS. Oh, uh, we have that in common. Okay. So, was, yes, was... well, since then, it's... Well, if it's some, something that I wouldn't play, I would not translate. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not because it's I'm doing this just for myself, but it's because if I can't imagine myself playing this, I can't imagine other people playing it. So I can't I can't make decisions based on what other people might think, because that would be a lot of assumption and no real material. I find that so interesting because I feel that way as a game designer, right? It's a it's a similar process, and I've I've got to make games uh, that I want to play, that I love, that I want to share with my friends. Uh, so I think yes, that's that that's, a, that's a very interesting uh, similarity. I sure. think a lot of people share that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Tuck feels the same way too. Uh, so yes, that's about it. So could you elaborate? So your question, Jason, uh, one more. There. Yeah, I I I, uh, I want to know if you started out as somebody who loved games and yeah. wanted to translate them so that you could share them. And I think we we know the answer, but please tell us. So. How can I say that? I so four years ago or five years ago, I I couldn't imagine the so I published or I translated and I published the so games uh, continuously. Uh, mm. Yeah, of course I translated uh, some some game for me or for my game group, but mm. not published. And but. Three years ago, one uh, user would like to play the fiasco, but uh, she she cannot read uh, she cannot read it, and so Google Translate is not good for no. play. <laughs> uh, uh. And and she tweeted, 
And when I read it, I completely drunk. And so I, when I did it, I decided, okay, I translated this. <laughs> I try to get uh, your accept. And yeah, and then my career is started, was started. Great. Well, I'm glad that we could help with that. Uh, and we definitely, I think we checked you out. Uh, we have other friends in Japan and we said, who is this guy? Is he on the level? And uh, we were told that you were. So that's how that all started. Yeah. The, the Google Translate thing makes me think, I think a lot of people assume that they have a couple of assumptions. One is that we are hiring translators and that we are selling into another language. And I, I have to explain to oh. them that it's not that way, that we that it's a partnership, that we are licensing our content to you to publish in your market. But I think that a lot of people also assume that you can just run your text through Google Translate and it'll be fine in another country. And, and <laughs> I'm sure that you have to interpret not just words, but mechanics for games. You have to change to some degree the way the game plays for your local market. Is there, can you speak to that a bit? Like a game that where you had to change the the structure of the play, the way the character, the players interact to suit your environment? Uh, well, in our case, well, I hope we never have to do that because that's a big part of RPG design, correct? Yeah. So if we, if we make any changes, then it would be a different game. So we never had to do it. And I hope we don't have to do it anytime soon. I know that um, with Fiasco in particular, often uh, our translation and publishing partners will change what playsets are included in the book, uh, which yeah, which, yeah. which doesn't change the uh, the underlying game mechanics, but uh, allows the game to be uh, more appropriate for whatever the local uh, market is. Uh, oh well, we do that sometimes. Changing well. Uh... Scenarios that are offered, or changing which date, which data sets are offered. In Fiasco's case, playsets. Uh, that's something that we do. And uh, there's, I heard some echo. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Is that okay? I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No echo now. It looks good. Okay. Uh, what else should we talk about, Steve? I'm curious if, um, well, if you you should feel free to ask us questions if there's something that you'd like to know about the American market. But uh, I'm also curious to know if there are games in your local markets that you would like to see translated to English. That um, if if there's a, your, a favorite game of yours in Korean or Japanese that you think more Americans should see. It's a great question. Well, I really haven't seen many local games other than what we published. And they're pretty much local in nature. And we, let me think. 
No, I don't think I've yet met that any local production that you, I'd like to recommend. Have you seen anyone writing playsets for a fiasco that could be translated? Oh, playsets. Uh, playsets. There's one about Korean politics, uh, especially the election process. Uh, that was pretty fun. And there's one about Korean rural life in Korea. And yeah, actually, those could, well, but those you'd need, you know, you'd need some background knowledge in you know, the Korean situation sure. before you could really play. So, well, yes. I feel like scenario writing and playset writing, that sort of thing is a, a gateway for people into game design. You know, they, you, you yes, take I... and you start to make your own and you start to hack it a little bit. And then suddenly you've accidentally made a game. Yeah. No. So, so talk, uh, we've got Rutama and Shinobagami. Uh, and so there, there are some uh, games that began as Japanese games that have been translated into English. Are there any that you would love to see translated into English that you think we would go wild for right now? Uh, oh. It's difficult. It's difficult question for me. Sorry. It's, uh, it's because uh, so my yeah uh, my focus to the English game. Uh -huh. So not for the mm -hmm. Japanese game because. Uh, Yeah, I'm a student. I played uh, so many games in Japanese and English. After I, I employed, uh, I work. I have no time, so <laughs> I, I, I have to focus to the. It sounds like some nice. of games. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're the wrong person to ask. That's yeah. okay. Well, this Sorry. has been this has been lovely. Are there any last questions that we want to ask, Steve? I think we've and, asked Alex if there's and, anything and, that. Yeah. Do you have any questions for us? Well, if there were, I think I've asked them all over the years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're we're so what glad to have you. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Sungil. I'm sorry. Oh, what does Bully Pulpit have in your plans and next year, for instance? Steve, I'm oh. fascinated to hear your answer to this question. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, so we have the new fiasco in the box, uh, the box edition. Yes. And we'll be releasing more expansions, more play sets for that. Uh, we oh, have, we're right. Working on our plans for that now. Um, and then we also have a game called Dead House, uh, which is a, a card-based game. We're working out how we want to release that now, what the product looks like. Um, we're, we're hoping it'll be... Uh, Yet another dark but but fun game to play with some really great art. Oh, uh, and a lot of a lot of little things. We have a lot of small games that are sort of bubbling up through our design process, and something else may may become the front runner. I can't wait. Thanks. I'm so glad that we have you as uh, business partners and friends. Um, it's been a long time. We've been working together for quite a while.
for both of you. Yes, we have. Hopefully we'll get back to being able to have conventions so that we can see you face to face. Yes, <clears throat> for sure. Thanks for taking the time and I hope uh, you enjoy the rest of your day uh, today. It's the late evening for us, but, but uh, morning for you. So um, I guess with that, we'll say goodbye. Um, we'll make sure that we share your contact information. And uh, I hope this is productive for people who are watching and that it's helpful to uh, both of you as well. And if anyone would like to reach either of you, they, they'd be happy to come. They'd be welcome to come through Bully Pulpit and we'll forward Of them. course. Of course. Oh, uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time.